0: Welcome back to The Right Angle. We've got the terrible twosome here. And I guess terrible can mean good, right? I hope.
1: <laughs> Not for me. Okay. <laughs> for you, maybe. Oh. Uh, do you My rem- wife would say otherwise.
0: When do you think the terrible twos, the saying, you know, when a kid is two years old, do you ever remember that growing up or when did that become sort of an excuse for having trouble with your kid?
1: I heard it a long, 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 long time ago. Oh, you did? Okay. I, of course, I didn't I didn't hear it when I was two. Yeah. Because I was such a great kid. And, right. Uh, 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 I, I've, I've heard it from years and years and years ago. And and you, you say, when was the last time you heard that, or where did it begin, or whatever? Yeah. I, that's something that sounds to me like would come from somebody like uh, Groucho Marx, Oh, something like that, you know, where where he used to interview kids and stuff, and you know, oh yeah, you're one of the terrible twos, I see, or something like that. Maybe he didn't, but that sounds like something that he would say. Yeah. Um,
0: Did he do that thing? Remember, Art Linkletter kids say the darndest things. Did Groucho March have something like that, or he had? You bet your life.
1: Yeah, he had. You bet your life, and. I, I don't know if he interviewed any kids on yeah. on that particularly, but I, I can just see him coming up with something like that. Or W.C. Fields. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, you know, one of those sarcastic comedians that, right. that uh, were in the past. So,
0: Do you remember watching, well, I don't know, you bet your life was probably on, I mean, I've watched, I guess, YouTube videos and whatever, and I don't know that I remember watching it when it was on but when you watch it now just and I don't know if if you have seen it lately or seen it at all but he basically has someone on and they just sort of talk and he he just is spontaneous and you know his humor and it's really kind of nothing exciting happens and that's all you needed on tv back in the day because it was such a novelty and I'm just thinking about the comparison to now when You know, if you don't get the canned laughter every probably 10 to 12 seconds um, or, you know, you don't do something disgusting or swear or kill someone, people will just turn the channel. and, And just another one of those things, will it ever return to the simpler time? It's probably a crazy question. But do you remember how relatively just simple plot lines and shows were back then?
1: It's funny you should say that because uh and I and I want people to understand we don't know what we're going to say when we come on this broadcast. It sounds like I know what you're going to say to me, but but this truly happens to me when I say it, amazingly enough. Yeah. I was I was watching a Humphrey Bogart movie last night that was on about they drive hard or something. It was about truck drivers. Hmm. Uh, you know, taking watermelons and, and lemons and things from one place to another and the quote-unquote dangers that were in that. And I, I I watched it specifically because it was from the, I don't know, 40s, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, the early 40s or whenever Bogart was second lead oh, wow. to this other guy. So I did, I don't know who the, the main guy was. But anyway, I... I I watched it specifically because I wanted to watch a movie where there was no explosions, although there was one where a truck, you know, it goes over the cliff. Back in the 40s and 50s, everything that blew up went over a cliff. Yeah. You know, a car or a truck or an airplane or whatever, you know, but it'd go over the cliff and it would blow up and that's it. And it was, it's refreshing to me to watch movies that don't have so much grander in the background of, the, of of the movie itself the, the you know the plot mm-hmm. that, that it's like real life to me when I'm watching stuff like that and it is pretty much like real life because at that time they didn't have you know the the, the people that can explode in front of you or yeah or the blood spurting and all that kind of stuff it, it, it just it's real life is what old movies are. As opposed to today,
0: hmm. how was it a good movie?
1: Uh, it was. I, I only enjoyed it because I was watching it just because it was so laid back. Yeah, you know they, the 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 guy picks up the girl, a hitchhiker that he knows, and and you know there's there's no sex or anything like that, you know. But they fall in love. I, mean, I don't want to sound like I'm a weenie or anything, <laughs> but but you know that's just the way it was back then, and um, it was tame. It was it was a tame movie, kind of the same way, uh, you know that. Um, well, just like just like any of the movies back then, yeah. That didn't didn't have all the violence, violence and sex. I I guess I'm tired of it. I'm not saying I didn't like watching that for fifteen years, right? But but I I'm done with it. So, I I, I saw that there and I said I got to watch it and, and you know it was it was interesting,
0: mm. yeah. Was that on a, I'm trying to picture what cable or what streaming that would have been it on. It was on Hulu. Okay, Hulu.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did see it, and, and because of that fact that it was, you know, Westerns, they're yeah. all the same. You know, back in the yeah. day, the Magnificent <laughs> Seven, you know, uh, Rio Bravo, they're all the same. Until Clint Eastwood came along uh-huh. and changed the genre of of westerns and you know how he did it don't you
0: oh uh, i'll let you answer because i might be wrong
1: i as far as i'm concerned he did it with with the punch lines
0: oh okay
1: the the first movie of uh you know fistful of dollars yeah or whatever um and the guys are on the 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 posts there where the horses you know the the guardrails or whatever they are they're standing on it and he, can't, he walks up to me and says, "Hey, you—you uh, you scared my mule, and my <sighs> mule doesn't like that. So if if you would apologize to my mule, uh, everything will be okay." And and that was never that was never brought up in westerns up until that point. And from then on, every single movie he had, he had a tagline. Yeah, yeah, you're and right. It, and um, and that made him Clint Eastwood. Yep. And of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger followed Bruce Willis. Right, they all did the same thing. Yeah.
0: Oh man! And now the writer strike's going on, so there will never be another television show or movie again.
1: Thank God! <laughs> Finally, something going our way.
0: <laughs> oh man! Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Someone was was saying that you know all the late night shows, which apparently I guess James, who was it, Colburn, the guy who did the. Karaoke, that kind of British guy. I don't know if he's gay or not, but he sounds gay. James, uh, (laughs) you know who I'm talking about. Yes,
1: I do. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: said his show was losing $20 million a year for CBS. Why would you keep that on? Why wouldn't you just put on a test pattern or, I mean, anything? (laughs) It's crazy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. They're losing. uh, What is the reason for that?
0: I don't know. I... uh, if he was in some contract they couldn't break, or yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was, and I don't know how much the other shows make because I know that their ratings are down and, you know, they're, they're basically just political hack left wing talk shows, all of those late night shows, other than Gutfeld, of course. So
1: I, I imagine it might have something to do with the fact that they're probably saying, who are we going to replace him with? Yeah. I mean, are we going to put another liberal hack? in here like he is because it's going to it's going to do the same thing what's happening is people are getting sick and tired of the woke agenda and the sexual innuendos of the LGBTQXYZ stuff that's going on here they're just they're just tired of it yeah and and they won't watch it and they will boycott now yep way more so I believe than than they used to uh, 20 years ago they they say we're fed up with it and don't watch it, and they'll tell their friends the same thing. Don't watch that crap because of this reason or, the, or that.
0: And we've seen it certainly with Bud Light or Budweiser in general and, of course, Fox News now, which leads me to my question. Now that Tucker turned down our offer and apparently is going uh, to do something with Twitter, if you were – Rupert Murdoch, I guess he's still running the place or one of his sons or daughters or something. If you were his advisor, like the question I asked you about Trump last week or a couple of weeks ago, what would you do to stop the hemorrhaging? Or, I mean, what would you do? How would you advise them?
1: I would have some thoughts. I don't know whether they would work because <laughs> what you did was you took the Rolls Royce of, of um, you know, talking heads out of your equation. Yeah. So, what do you fill it with? You can't fill it with uh Lawrence Jones. That won't work. Uh he's got to be a stopgap for something like that. I guess I would look for somebody that's a high-profile person that maybe was just out of politics or whatever that's that's on the right. Yeah. And try to replace him with that. With, I don't know. I guess what I would do seriously, if now that I'm thinking about it, is I would probably ask Bill O'Reilly to come back. Ooh,
0: that would be super interesting.
1: Yeah, because he was at the top. Yeah. When Tucker took over for him, when when they they canned him for some stupid reason, the you know whatever it was, and uh, uh, yeah, I'd do something like that if he would come back. And and you know. Do something like that that would maybe get people to come back and watch it.
0: You wonder how Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram feel because, you know, in terms of that whole dominion, whatever the truth is on that, they were much more tied to it than Tucker. And I don't know what sort of relationship they had with them. If they're mad at Fox or I can't imagine they'd be mad at Tucker, but would they... Also, bail, or are they too closely tied to Fox and wouldn't really find an audience outside? Of course, Hannity's got his radio show, so neither of them are going to go poor, but they must be feeling bad that their ratings are down almost as much as the eight o'clock hour is.
1: Well, it, yeah, two thirds at least. Yep. They said it's starting to look a little bit like CNN was when people got fed up with their crap. When they were doing that, I, you know, I imagine they're going to hold on because if they don't, w- what's going to happen? I know. You know, that's a, Fox News is the only news you can get that is fair and balanced. And what they mean by that, obviously, is what they're saying is, is that we say it the way it is. We report it that way. And if you feel otherwise on the left, come come and join us and talk to us about it. Yeah, and they never get any guests from the left on there because they can't – Dan Bongino is – he has a a guy on, I don't know how often he has him on, but he's got this guy that comes on as a counterpoint to what Bongino's talking about, and he'll say, okay, do you think uh, Haydn is demented? And he'll go off on a tangent, and Bongino will go – Okay, that's good. Now answer my question. <laughs> do you think he's demented? And and he'll he'll keep on him like that. That's what people on the right have to do with people on the left because the people on the left don't know how to answer questions yep. that are that are presented to them directly. When they do that, I tried to do that with my with my one interview with that yeah, left uh, friend of mine and it 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 just it's amazing how they can go off on another tangent and bring Trump into it. I know. (laughs) Bring Trump in every time. Yeah. You know. um, Oh, well, if you think he's demented, do you you think Trump is a womanizer? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he is. What I'm asking you is, can you look at him and can you listen to him and can you see what he does? Does he look demented to you? Does he look like your grandfather when he was ninety-eight years old?
0: <laughs> it just gets worse for poor Haydn every day, and with Kamala being what is it? Uh, excuse me, he's putting her in charge of AI or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> oh, that—that's actually funny. That's actually funny. Yeah. I I think that the stopgap is her, because if they if they go full bore out for Haydn, guess who's next in command?
0: Yeah,
1: her. Yeah, I think she's the only reason, and I think they picked her for that reason. Yeah, is so that they that Haydn will be kind of untouchable because because as bad as he is, she's worse. She has. No business running anything at all, anything. Just as this whole administration has no business doing what they're doing because they don't have a clue. And it is kind of a little bit frightening to me that America has these people at the helm of these these titles that they have that they don't know how to handle it.
0: One more question that occurred to me while I was out mowing my lawn, and then you can get onto your list. If someone gave you a $10,000 gift certificate and you could either use it to buy one of those super awesome zero turn lawn mowers, or you could use it to pay for five years of lawn care service, which would you choose?
1: I would choose the lawn mower.
0: (laughs) Okay. And why is 100%. that? 100%. Yeah.
1: Why, because if I'm on a zero turn, uh, then, you know, there's no effort to it other than you're outside. And being outside is what I, I have to do. That's for myself. And so that's part of doing that. And I did have, uh, because I do have white privilege, I have had a lawn service uh, treat my lawn for two years and it did absolutely nothing really yeah oh. it did. I did i I shouldn't say that it did keep the dandelions away because my next door neighbor grows dandelion wine I think yeah as I said before uh-huh. because it's all yellow over there mine is still pretty much green but it doesn't when, when you think that you get four or five applications of fertilizer and and weed and feed and all that stuff that you'd have a nice thick lawn I don't yeah.
0: Yeah. We've had a lawn service for, I don't know, quite a while. And uh yeah, number one, dandelions definitely, I mean, we get like literally a dozen throughout the year, which I go and get, but our neighbors have a lot more, but I would say, I don't know. It definitely helps. There are definitely some places where it's not as thick as others and who knows why that is, but it never gets cheaper. That's for sure
1: no not not because of uh haydn's Ugh. economy and what he's done with all of the fertilizer stuff and and everything yeah. like that I, I i wonder sometimes and my wife th- seethes about this and she says they see their lawn they see everyone else's lawn around them yeah why why do they and it's literally a, a boundary where wow. their dandelions are, and where the green grass is on the other side, on both sides. Why don't they spend twenty bucks and kill them?
0: It is interesting when you have neighbors like that. Do you do you feel like you can judge a neighbor by the, their lawn at all? Does I mean does that sort of ease or ooze into other parts of either their Behavior of how they keep up their house or anything, or is it just strictly limited to having a bad lawn?
1: (laughs) You don't have to have a bad lawn. Uh, Two bottles of dandelion killer, yeah, uh, and and an hour and a half, and you can have your half acre done for the year, pretty much. Right. So when you spray it one time.
0: So what do you think it is about some people that? they just don't care or, I mean, is it a lazy thing? Is it a cheap thing? Is it a what? Any idea?
1: I think it's probably both lazy and cheap. I I don't know necessarily that it can be cheap. Uh, you know, I live in a fairly decent upper middle class, middle class area Uh and, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with money necessarily. Okay. Um although I do know that they spend way too much money on alcohol and cigarettes, mm. but uh maybe that's where the money goes instead of the fertilizer <laughs> and whatever. She did say about 4 years ago, I don't want to spray the lawn because we have a we have a dog that we put outside. Well, I shot the dog <laughs> and I buried it. And then I said, "Okay, now what's your excuse? I didn't do it all at the same time." Yeah. But uh And then then I went back the next year and said, hey, I see Rover's gone. Uh, Are you going to spray your dandelions this year? I don't know what what so-and-so has in mind for it. And, and of course, he doesn't have a mind for it because they're still there. And it's interesting because it's like you say, what are they thinking? There's three other homes on my block that are bordered by really nice lawns. And they are covered, covered in dandelions on the other lawns. Wow! So when they're driving home at night, and they see all their crap in the yard and the dandelions and stuff, and they see everybody else's nice lawn, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know. Maybe they think dandelions are pretty or something. You know, yellow dandelions. I mean, do you have that problem? And, and uh, I know that you're in the you're in the, you got mansions in. Your oh place. yeah, no, that's and, a couple uh, over, <laughs> and. Do you, do you have like ones where it's all completely,
0: I don't think, I mean, there's definitely several with, you know, it's not covered, but it's way more than the adjoining houses, the neighboring houses. I wouldn't say anyone, you know, once in a while you get into those, I don't know if they're nature lovers that just let their grass grow way too long. And, but I would say for the most part, no, it is, it is kind of cool to see and drive by and bike by the houses where people really take pride in their lawn and they you know they edge it and they just have a mower that cuts very evenly and you know they do the patterns the diagonals or whatever and it just it makes you feel good that you live in a place where people do have some pride in that sort of thing
1: yeah good, good for you i <laughs> i got one right next door to me that doesn't i just today uh, also, uh, strangely enough, had my front lawn uh, resurfaced and reseeded wow. because I have a humongous uh, maple tree that shades my lawn and kills the grass. Yeah. So my neighbor and I, the good neighbor, yep. to uh, and I decided that we would, you know, reseed it, relevel it, put in new dirt. Hmm. Uh, you know, put all the straw down, and so we had somebody do it. Yeah. Right? But um, and they just did that today, so we'll see what happens there. My next door neighbor on the other side in the dandelion field uh, said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Oh, yeah, we're just you know leveling out the the grass, making it easier to mow, and and reseeding it. Hopefully, it'll work." And uh, he goes, "Yeah, I got to get some soil for uh, this part over." I said, "Oh, would you? They're coming tomorrow. Would you like me to?" just i said i'll just i'll pay for it if you want me nah nah i'll take care of it oh, you know and it's like there it is wow. it can be delivered right there free of charge and he doesn't take it
0: wow so tell me <laughs> turn into uh the home improvement show but when you said so is that big maple tree do you have a problem where like the roots are coming out of the ground or is it just purely the shade of the tree that stops the grass from growing. And then I guess regardless, did they add dirt to literally level it out? Or what is the dirt doing that you couldn't have just put n- new grass in?
1: Well, our house, our subdivision, was built on a horse farm uh, 60 years ago. Uh, and since then, there were still, believe it or not, after all these years there were still like six furrows Hmm. of where they would plow the field for corn for the horses or whatever. And so we got, we both got tired of it. So they came in and they leveled that with soil. And, uh, then they reseeded everywhere where they put the soil. Hmm. And they, as I'm looking out on, as I'm talking to you now, um, I see that they, you know, they got the straw down and They got the seed under my tree, and yes, the roots uh, of the tree have probably risen, I would say, two feet, two feet in diameter of the tree by about 10 feet. Hmm. So 10 feet around the tree, two feet up, the the trees coming up through the ground with its roots and everything else.
0: Uh, So... Uh. Yeah, because we've got a couple where you you can't really even mow close to it because of that. So I'm wondering if there is a solution, if it's just adding soil and then just putting grass over it, or what exactly?
1: My my solution is going to have to be because I had the guy come out that did the job. He brought a guy from this left-wing liberal university that that we have here he came out very nice guy and uh said that it probably won't ever grow grass underneath there because there's too much shade hmm. and he suggested i just put a mulch around the tree yeah yeah I've thought about and that's that. what i'm gonna do okay I'm gonna put mulch around the tree so
0: yeah i may um, have to do that too hmm
1: he said don't put barriers around it either don't put bricks around it like a square one or or railroad ties he said they'll they'll all get pushed up and out of shape within a year because of the roots makes sense just throw it down and and make it as good as you can so got it all right
0: well we've taken care of a number of things already so what's what do you got on the list
1: i got some stuff that that just i was thinking about as i was driving around uh why is it and maybe you know why is it that a fire truck must always follow an ambulance to wherever it's going
0: Hmm is that like a stated thing or just a thing yes. you
1: Yes, it is. It is in my in yeah. my town. Yes, wherever the ambulance goes there's a fire truck that that comes. It's either a fire truck or the fire command
0: Yeah. Suburban. Okay. Uh,
1: But usually on my street where we've had some elderly people with health problems, it's always a fire truck.
0: Really? Yeah. I wonder if they, you can't imagine they would have, I mean, they obviously have equipment that an ambulance doesn't, but for that sort of circumstance, I don't know what they would have that they could help out without, hmm,
1: I've seen it several times and I, I see it. We have a uh, an assisted living place maybe a mile down the street from us. And every single time an ambulance goes there, a fire truck follows it in there.
0: You picture, you know, in the, maybe not the old days, but you picture a fire truck going to a fire and then an ambulance coming to take the injured people away. But vice versa, when there is obviously no fire, I don't know. I maybe one of our many listeners has some idea about that.
1: I may, maybe this is exclusive to this idiotic township that I live in <laughs> uh, which is very idiotic but I I don't recall seeing ambulances flying down the road in other cities nearby. Yeah. that had a fire truck behind it but then again Fire trucks are always a lot slower than ambulances anyway thank god (laughs) yeah but uh maybe they showed up later but they do do that here for a fact so and i never knew why and i don't know who to ask interesting yes Hmm.
0: nope i cannot answer that what's (laughs) maybe i can help you with your next one
1: okay no this one's this one uh, this is amazing i uh I go out to uh, breakfast with a buddy of mine, I don't know, once a week if I can. And we try to hit different places every time we go out because we want to experience the different, you know, different diners and things like that. Well, Mm -hmm. every single diner, every single diner I've been to in my life does not know how to butter a piece of toast. (laughs) Okay, what happens is there's one new place in my town that's supposed to be really a little bit up class. They don't even put butter on their toast. I guess you have to ask for it because twice I've forgotten. You know, usually you order toast, you go, oh, yeah, it's got butter. But no, you got to remember to ask them to bring some with the toast. And I always feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing their job you know yeah. I, i'd like some toast and oh by the way can i can i have some butter with my toast and and i want some eggs and 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 could you bring me a little salt so i could put it on my eggs when i <laughs> you know that type of a thing so i forget to do it and it doesn't come that way the other one that we one of the other ones we go to literally i i think it you could put a half a dollar in the middle of the piece of toast where they to where they buttered it and i said to my friend i said. I said, how do they do that? How do they put butter in the middle of toast in a round circle and not get the outside parts? Do they do that expecting you to take one bite out of each piece and throw it away? Or what? Because that's what I do. Because i got to have butter on my toast.
0: I'm trying to think of of buttering my own toast versus it coming out. I I would guess if it had that half-dollar size glop if you know they have a stick of butter and they cut a thin slice off and just drop it in the middle and by the time it gets to your table it's melted into a round circle but it hasn't obviously spread to the corners i guess the problem with go ahead
1: no i was just gonna say that's a good thought and that might be what it is but there's still not even enough butter to have it melt into the toast no it's like just surface Yeah. On there. You know, it's just like to the point where I'm going, is that butter or is that burnt or did he put his finger on my toast? You know, whatever. Go ahead. What were you going to say?
0: The problem with toast and English muffins, I guess anything bagels you would put in the same category is if they bring it out unbuttered, even if they bring the butter out with it or if there's butter at the table, you can almost never because it cools off so fast you can almost never get it to melt in and then you get that thing where you have tiny chunks you know you're trying to spread it with your knife and it just even I mean at home I I take I take it out of our toaster oven and you really have to get to it within seconds because otherwise or you just have to use like that whipped butter which is kind of fakey butter anyways. What kind of butter do you like? I mean, they used to have margarine and now they have whipped and they have, you know, canola oil and different real butters and fake butters. What's your go-to butter?
1: I I personally don't have one because I'm not allowed to use it in this household, but my wife does grass-fed grass-fed butter. <laughs> and she gets it at one particular place wow and uh so, so yeah,
0: you're, yeah you're not allowed to buy it or you're not allowed, I'm not to, allowed it. to
1: use it, it you <laughs> know when you want to use it it's just supposed to be soft like in the my mom used to leave a a yeah you know one of those things of butter yep. in in the cupboard yeah and, and then you would just go use it whenever you wanted to and it was butter Back then, yeah, way back, I mean there was not anything else other than that. So she left it in the cupboard. My wife has to have it in a in a safe so that I can't touch it <laughs> unless she sees how much I use when I do it because I use too much.
0: Oh, oh man! So it, she does. She have to butter your <laughs> butter <laughs> your toast for you, honey, honey. Oh no, man! I don't get toast here. Because of that reason. <laughs> okay. You
1: know, I know that if I'm going to toast something, I'm going to have, like you say, that hard butter that yeah. goes out in chunks and stuff. And, and then you got to throw it in the microwave and then the toast is ruined or whatever. Right. Anyway, my, my whole premises for this is I went with my buddy uh, to breakfast before we went golfing last weekend. And it was this diner in this little town. Right, the next town away from you. Okay. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And it's right there at that stoplight in this little dinky town, four corners type of thing. It was, it was the most phenomenal two pieces of toast <laughs> I have ever eaten in my life. Wow. That's so awesome. much so, so much so that I told the waitress, I said, look, I said... I'm coming back next time we go off here again to eat here just for this toast. That butter went all the way, all the way out to the crust. And it was thicker. It was the old time bread slice. Uh, Not this crap that, that's, you know, one eighth of an inch thick. Yeah. It was the old. And I bit into it. I go, my God, this thing is huge. And I go, oh, it's just regular toast. It was completely buttered, and the butter went down into the toast. <laughs>
0: what kind of bread?
1: It was white bread. White. <laughs> yeah, I only, I only do white supremacy bread. <laughs> I don't oh, do anything man. else other than that. How is? So, did, I'm did sorry. They, white privilege. Did, <clears throat> do they have
0: like wheat or whole wheat or anything else, or didn't you? Even yeah, have? they do. They okay. did. They
1: had like four or five different kinds. Wow. There, but I usually just get white because yeah. that's what I am, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, go to that place and try it sometime. Wow, how was, was
0: how was the breakfast as a whole? Is it worth going there?
1: The the only thing I usually order is just eggs and toast. Okay, I'm not. Uh, I eat my meat later on, you know, in the day and that kind of thing. I did order. I did order sausage with it, and that was fine. That was good sausage with it. You know the link stuff. Yeah. But usually it's just I don't ever usually eat hash browns. Okay. Or anything like that. Yeah, because you know, you're not a big you're not crap. a big
0: breakfast guy at all anyway. No,
1: no, I'm not. Huh. I'm not. So as a matter of fact, in the last maybe eight months, I've eaten breakfast with this guy more than I did combined. Wow, seriously, maybe, maybe twenty years before that.
0: Wow. So, do you get like a hankering for it at home, or not really?
1: No, no. (laughs) For breakfast, no. Yeah, no, no. no. Never been a cereal guy. Yeah. Never been, never been, um, you know, an egg guy or anything like that. You know, I get it when I go out, of course, because that's breakfast. Right. Right. But this is the other part, though. With me eating breakfast is if I eat breakfast, I can't eat till dinner.
0: Huh? I even if you not. go play, even if you nope. go play golf, you don't get nope. hungry enough to. If
1: I if I mow the lawn, trim the trees, wax the car, <laughs> I can't eat until dinner.
0: Wow, that's amazing. It's impossible.
1: So you'd look at me and say, "Yeah, hey, it looks like you you know you've been eating something, but uh, <laughs> but nothing in between." If I eat, if I eat breakfast. Yeah, and uh, I, I usually ninety nine percent of the time eat lunch and dinner. That's
0: okay, a, huh? Yeah. Interesting.
1: Can you eat three meals a day?
0: Yeah, I I always feel like, I guess maybe they're not big, but I always feel like I have to, or I like, it's probably all psychological. But like, if I don't <laughs> eat lunch by one o'clock, I'm like, oh. Uh, so yeah, it's usually uh, yeah breakfast at like six ish and. It's old school. Breakfast at six and lunch at noon and dinner at six, pretty much. So,
1: well, you, if you're eating breakfast at <coughs> six in the morning, I'll give you your your lunch <laughs> at twelve o'clock because that's six hours. Yeah, I guess, in between, I guess and that's almost what it is between my breakfast and dinner. So, <laughs> uh, that's uh, you. You know, you're up earlier than I am. I'm probably up later than you are. So, uh, it's yeah. You say. Um, it, it, I think your body tells you. It's kind of like Pavlov's dog. Every day when I'm working, it, I, I can almost tell when it's ten thirty, because I'll go, "Oh man, I it's it's getting to that point," and then I always eat at eleven o'clock. Uh huh. And um, yeah, every huh. day. Interesting. It's, uh, it's not like I'm I, I'm I'm doing my job and 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 I go, "Oh my gosh, look, it's one o'clock." You know, I yeah I I worked right through my lunch. You know, it's like, oh, is it time? Okay, <laughs> yeah, all right.
0: Uh, so, oh man, I was watching uh, the Rubin report, and he was interviewing Sarah Sanders Huckabee, who yeah. was a very good press press secretary, and now obviously governor of Arkansas. And she was talking about her dad, Mike, who was a pretty successful governor of Arkansas, and I won't give you the context, but I'll tell you what he said and she repeated it and tell me what you think that relates to. So this was Mike Huckabee in her words. Just because some people eat their soup louder doesn't mean it tastes better.
1: (laughs) Uh, I know somebody that, that ate food really loud. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm sure that he was eating the same stuff I was because I was at the table with him. It was one of my buddy's dads. And, uh-huh. Uh, and it, it, that just makes, every time somebody talks about eating loud, I think of him. Oh, really? And, uh, he, he He enjoyed his food, but it was the same stuff that I was eating. So I would say, yeah, just because he's making more noise doesn't mean it tastes better.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure people listening can relate that to many things, which she sort of was. of, Of course, in her case, it was Republicans and Democrats and how Democrats crow about this and that and how, you know, how much their programs are going to fight poverty or fight whatever. And the louder they talk, it seems like the worse it tastes instead of the better it tastes in the taxpayer's mouth at the end of the day.
1: Oh, believe me. There's a very bitter taste in the taxpayers' mouths from what they spend the money on with that kind of stuff. I want, I again, I want a posse, I want a a uh, by political posse to go out and and check and see how they're spending our money on these programs. And then I want to see if they're spending it legitimately, I want to see how effective they are, and if they're not effective, remove them immediately. And if they're not spending the money correctly, remove them immediately. because if they're not spending it effectively and it's not being effective, why do we have them? Yeah, I know why I know why it's a redundant redundant thought, but uh um. I, I want I want some people going out there and checking, both sides both sides yep. you know and and going out and with the EPA I want to go uh. out there, where, where are you getting your ideas and your thoughts what are you saying I'll never forget uh, as I as I meander on here with my thoughts do you remember twenty five thirty years ago they built that dam out west somewhere and it was ready to start doing the electric You know, works and stuff for the power and everything, and they they shut it down. The EPA shut it down because there was the snail darter, oh yeah, fish that was in that in the in wherever they were getting it from, and and because it was going to get sucked up in there, and 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 whatever happens to them when they get up there, uh, that that couldn't happen. So we're going to shut that down. I I, that was I think one of the one of it, it just made my jaw drop when i heard something like that made me hate the epa ever since then
0: Yep. and there what was the owl uh, that that prevented them from Spotted yeah the spotted yeah. owl cuz in back in the lumber business days that was always a big thing and then of course it turned into a joke and which it it is i mean there's just when you mention the the whole thing about agencies you think of you know the army corps of engineers or or infrastructure where you can see even maybe you can't see why it costs so much to put in a new road or fix something or a bridge or something but at least to your point you can judge how well it holds up you know if a lot of cars are using it and you get your money's worth because there's something tangible there but when you know the EPA or the Department of Education or so many other things, there's never really anything tangible, which because of that, they can say, well, you can't see what we do. You just have to trust that what we do is successful, but there's no way to gauge the success of it.
1: That's right. And that's why we need people to go. On. We do know the success of the Department of Education is getting in yeah. half yeah. as far as that goes. and And they... They don't want anybody looking in from the outside because they're absolutely failing at everything. So my posse would go in and say, "What's going on here? You know, we we got to get this fixed. How about we we go back to the basics: reading, writing, arithmetic. That's what education is about. And let's let's start there again. Okay, let's go back a hundred years and do it the correct way. You di- you're building a mousetrap that doesn't work now in the education system.
0: It's hard to see the argument against charter schools and letting the parents and their kid take their money and spend it where they want to. Obviously the teachers union has a giant stranglehold over the the democrats, but maybe that's another one of those things where the you know the straw is breaking the camel's back and it's happened here and there. I just heard this morning about somewhere in Texas there was a six-year-old girl that I guess I mean they call it raped and I don't know exactly what her fellow students did to her and how the school board and the principal and even the teacher sort of swept it under the rug and now that the parents have found out of course they're outraged and I think they've had protests and they've like shut down the school for two or three days until they figure out what the heck's going on.
1: It's inconceivable for somebody that grew up in in a real education system to to hear stuff like that where if this little innocent girl was actually raped and I was the principal of that school <laughs> the, the I'd probably go to jail for what I'd do if I found that kid. Whoever did that to him. The, actually I'm joking when I say that, everybody out there, okay? What I would do is I'd bring the parents in. I'd say, guess what? Um, Your kid is gone, and we're going to be putting a tether that he can't take off on his leg for a year because you didn't know how to parent this kid. He got to the point where he raped another girl at that age. So instead of not being able to put him in jail like we'd like to do, we're going to put a tether on his leg And if he goes anywhere near the school again, good luck.
0: Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be getting better, but hopefully the, the parent groups and the, I don't even know if PTAs and PTOs are a thing anymore, or if it's just these groups that pop up when the parents get outraged and then hopefully can do something to stop the madness.
1: I have something here with a, this was, a. I don't know, five weeks ago or whatever, a black congresswoman, I hate to say it, but I, I mean, I don't hate to say it. She was a black congresswoman, and she said in Congress, she said, don't give money to parents so their kids can go to private schools. They're too stupid to know how to spend their money. And I said to myself, that's bad logic because we've been giving money to stupid people for over fifty years it's called welfare. Oh those those come on, those people aren't stupid. They they need that welfare for their whole life. That's what my that's what my left friend would say. Well how can you call them stupid? Well they're idiots they're idiots because they don't pick themselves up and they don't go to work and they don't make a living like everybody's supposed to be doing. They grow up on welfare, and they die in welfare. Fifty years. Do you know that the largest transfer of money in U.S. history is through welfare? Number one, by far and away, way above military, way above military, trillions and trillions of dollars went to welfare. Okay. All right. I'm better. Okay. I feel good. Oh he's a real jerk he thinks nobody should should get money just because they're losers and they won't go to work everybody's begging for people big signs in their place hiring people yep 18 bucks an hour that's 36 grand can you live on that for a while i I've, I lived on a lot less I'll tell you
0: the mindset that people get into and you know the old people owe me something or I'm a victim of this and that, which is the left playbook. But it, it is interesting. I, we had a speaker at a place where I work today who uh, probably, well, I don't think it matters. He, 23 years ago in 20, the year 2000, he grew up and he had bad circumstances and he had some mental problems and his parents were druggies and he ended up in the foster system and whatever, and so he attempted suicide by jumping off the golden gate bridge and he's only one of i don't know a handful that have lived and so that turned his life around and now he gives speeches and you know all that kind of stuff but so i i would say in listening to him he's probably more liberal by far than he is conservative but yet he talked about not having the victim mentality and you know, empowering yourself, and it's all up to you, which leads to the question, coincidentally, do you think that liberals have more conservative views than they realize, or do you think more conservatives have more liberal views than they realize?
1: I think more liberals have more conservative views, viewpoints, than they think they do. I think, I think my, like my one liberal friend wants to feel like, you know, she's making a difference with her thoughts and uh, that doesn't work that way. So in other words, like what I would say to her is I'd say, like what I just said to you, I'd say, you're a lazy bum if you're on welfare for X amount of time because you can get a job. And you can get up and go to work every day, and become a citizen of society by doing that. And she would come back with, "Well, you know, maybe, maybe they're this, maybe they're that." I'd say, "Okay, maybe, maybe they are uh, mentally, uh, they have some mental illness or something like that." There's a whole crap ton of them that don't have that. As a matter of fact, you remember our governor twenty years ago. He he just said, anyone that's able-bodied that's a male is now off welfare. He just kicked them all off. Yep. If, if you're getting it, you don't get it. They all went south.
0: Literally, so? Yeah. So literally, they went yeah. south?
1: They went to, or, south of the border. Oh, wow. That, south of my state's border. Okay. Went to other places that would give them welfare. So they made that effort. Yeah. To re- remove themselves from an area they're familiar with to go to another place that they're unfamiliar with to get free money.
0: I guess that yeah they they rather put the effort into that than they would into gosh, it's just such a hard mindset to to put yourself in. I guess that's why they say who is it that wrote that book that it's like liberalism is a mental disorder or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Trump? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) It could have been any number of them. But yeah, as you say, when you really sit down, if you can get a rational one-on-one conversation and start going through the points, because there are so many liberal talking points that just sound so fluffy and nice and caring and empathetic. But then when you really start breaking that down and leading them to the logical conclusion that their argument makes if they're honest with themselves, which they probably typically aren't, they will either have to admit that, well, yeah, I I see your point. Or, you know, in the rare case, like a Dave Rubin or someone, they just get red pilled and they realize that they've just been kidding themselves all these years. But that's, it's not easy to do.
1: No, no, not at all. Uh, my, my friend, uh, that I talked to that's on the left I think I told you they when I went over to do the first interview with her there had been an accident at the four corners right where her house was Uh and she was her thoughts were you know I've got a lot of compassion and empathy for that guy in that truck and I go why she well he's got to find a way to get to work tomorrow because he can't drive his truck his truck was pretty much mangled in the front he was okay and, and he's mangled. I go, what do you, I said, where do you come up with thoughts like that? I said, I said, he'll get a way to go to work and he's got insurance. He, he'll get another truck with his insurance. And if he's not insured, then he deserves to struggle to find another one then because he didn't have insurance. What's compassion and empathy with somebody you see getting to, I, hey, I want everyone to know, I do have compassion for people that get in accidents. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. How about that? You know, you get into an accident, you get to work the next day somehow. You get a friend to come and pick you up till you get another car, rent a car, do this and that. But you you make an effort to do the thing that you should be doing.
0: Yeah. Well, and also... It's very stereotypical leftists to be compassionate and complain and say, oh, I hope someone goes and helps that person, as opposed to saying, I'm going to go out and help that person. And Bingo. That, it's just, and they they just don't seem to see the irony or whatever you would say in that, that they can just talk nice, but, you know, as Don't do off, anything. Yeah. There's nothing stopping- anyone from paying extra taxes every year if you feel so bad about the homeless or whatever. There's nothing stopping you from paying 30 or 40 or 50 percent instead of whatever you're paying now. But they always want the other person or the nameless, faceless government to do it because that's someone else's job.
1: Right, exactly. But it is is—it is truly your money that they're spending on these, on these- worthless things that they spend it on i'm not a i'm not a hard butt about any of this stuff i what i am is is i i feel like these people that are on welfare or they're getting handouts or they're homeless or whatever i just i always feel like they would feel better about themselves if they were if they were a contributing member to society which is getting a job You know, getting an apartment, getting a car that works, and going to work every day like everybody does that's in the middle class of America.
0: What do you think are the percentages? I guess let me ask this again. Do you think the percentage is higher or lower of businesses who basically open based on a bad pun in their name? and then they go out of business or stay in business. It it seems like there's a lot of businesses that someone says, wow, I've got a really clever name for a business. It's called XYZ and it's some terrible pun. And because of that, they open it and it they, that's about the extent of their business plan is having a clever name.
1: <laughs> I know you've got an instance, give it to me. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think. Well, there's there's one my my wife enjoys going there. It's called Nothing But Cakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Nothing there's a lot bunt of cakes. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like dog uh, like doggone good you know doggy care or I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, the dog places that. That uh, have that, but I don't know there's there's restaurants and right on down the line that it just seems like their name is based on a pun.
1: Uh, yeah, that would be a very interesting uh, thing to follow up on to see how long people with idiotic uh, business names have stayed in business uh, with with that name. I don't know of any to tell you the truth. I know I know that business you're talking about. I, I did I did glance at it one time and and went ha ha but uh, uh they must have good bunt cakes because your wife likes them but uh the the right down the road there's this isn't a stupid name but it's stupid to me it's uh it's a doggy daycare and spa and spa it's like what 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 do you what's the spa part you know do they get massages do they get cucumbers in their eyes to make them look better? Uh, do they have hot tubs? You know, do they have natural springs? What, what's the spa part? Do they do your hair while you're there or something? I, I I don't I don't I don't get it.
0: I wonder how much it costs to leave your dog there for the day, and if people who leave them there, I mean, if you're working five days a week, eight to five or whatever, if you literally take your dog in every day or if that's like a two or three day a week treat for the dog or i've never been in one of those places so i guess i couldn't tell i can
1: find out because my compatriot takes his dog there once in a while as i've said before oh the podcast, yeah they yeah, do yeah. they do give him a report card
0: <clears throat> oh that's right he gets out there <laughs> yeah
1: and and those people bring their dogs there and and they treat them just like children i mean the the my buddy that brings his dog there yeah you know, oh they love they love my dog there you know he's he they they just i take him off the leash he knows where to go and he he goes and he does his thing and it you know and he comes out with straight A's every day you know <laughs> and it's like oh, come on a report card for dogs really oh uh, yeah
0: yeah i saw a facebook this guy Probably mid late twenties or something, single of course, and he's got his little cat with him, and he's like me and my son or me and my daughter, and the scary thing is that how many people believe that it's pretty much equivalent of having a kid.
1: Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, hey, adopt a kid or something. But the food that they give these animals now, you know, there's refrigerated. Uh, places in like Target where you go get your cat food or dog food because it has to be refrigerated until you serve it to your pet. Hey, hey, I love, I love animals. I do, I do, but they're, you know, you got to, to me, there has to be a line somewhere. Like you say, it gets to the point where they treat them like, like their own kids, literally. And uh, to me, I, I would be a little afraid to have them as my neighbor.
0: Amen. And speaking of amen, it looks like it's time to uh, call a wrap on another excellent edition of The Right Angle. I think I'll have to check. I think this might be our 99th episode, so oh my we'll have to, we'll, we may have to pull out some bells and whistles. I know we may have a, a extra special guest next week, but maybe like we did for a previous episode, we'll have some of our Frequent and infrequent guests uh, call in or, or give us some words of wisdom or something. Can you believe
1: that? I can't. I absolutely cannot. <laughs> Not at all. And, and you, when you're talking once a week in 99 weeks, that's uh, that blows my mind. But yep. at the same time, there's been so much crap going on in American life that we could fill up hundreds a yep. podcast talking about the crap that goes on
0: unbelievable and we're especially this week we just we didn't even scratch the surface of the biden crime family and the border disaster looming and so much stuff but i guess we'll leave that to the hacks and the lamestream media and
1: <laughs> we i i want to i want to know some more before i start talking about it again because all he did today was bring out that they do have facts on this. And so he brought it out today. I would say that by next week, if, uh, we can't get our special guest on here, we can fill a whole hour with that crap.
0: All right. Well, let's make it a date. Uh, so come back and join us, download these podcasts, leave us some more awesome ratings, and we will be back to talk your ear off again next week at the right angle.